When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Security, shelter, love, those things that make you human. Yeah, the self-actualizing elements are great. But if you don't have it, you should still be grateful and live your life. And I think that's really, really important, especially in the world of like Instagram. Everybody wants to floss, right? Everybody wants to show up, like, look at me, I'm better than you because I have a nice car. But that doesn't mean anything, right? There's a man I listened to, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I think he mentioned something. It's like, what do you classify as winning because we're all going to die? In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dream Catchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got the great pleasure of having Ola Dantas with me today. Ola, are you in the DMV area, right? I used to be. Um, still love the DMV, um, but I just moved to Houston, Texas um, about two months now, actually, um, ago. So that's been really interesting. Definitely, we'll talk about it on the show as well. So I'm in Houston, H-Town. Well, Katy, Texas, about 30 minutes from Houston. So, yeah. Close enough, right? And I did. Uh-huh. And I was talking to a young lady here in Greensboro at one of our RIA meetings. She's like, I think I'm going to head down to Texas and see if I can connect with Ola. I was like, man, this guy's doing it on a high level. He <laughs> up and move across the country to work with them. So uh, with that said, if the listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So best way is invest with Ola. So invest with OLA.com. Um, if you guys are, you know, if your listeners are into Instagram, I'm pretty sure they are. Um, Ola Dantis, um, check me out on Instagram. Uh, reach out to me. I'm pretty much ubiquitous on the internet and I'm the only Ola Dantis in the world. So if you just Google me, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, I'm everywhere. So wherever you are, I'm there. <laughs> That's freaky. <laughs> you got a podcast too, right? I do, The Dwelling Show. Yep. So, you know, if you're, if you're into real estate or just general mindset stuff, um, yeah, check out the, the show, The Dwelling Show. Um, yeah, feel free to, to, you know, plug into that as well. It's just free content. 
um, currently I don't, I'm not selling anything, you know, yet. So just, just for you guys to come and listen and learn about real estate for sure. Perfect. Perfect. So now do me a favor and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're working on. Yeah, sure. So my name is Ola Dantes. Um, I like to throw this out there. You know, I was born in Nigeria, lived in the UK, um, London, UK for a bit, about 10 years. And now I live in the United States, um, you know, with my wife and, you know, little, well, she's not a little baby anymore. She's going to be almost three, but then we have another baby on the way as well. So two girls, going to be two girls pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I missed everything that's going on in the world. We're still very grateful to God and thankful um, just for just for being here, for being alive during this time, regardless of the coronavirus or whatever. We, as we, you know, recording this, there's a lot going on. April 10th, um, there's a lot going on in the world, but we're just so thankful. Um, in terms of what I do, so obviously we buy large apartment buildings with other investors and we share in the profits. Um, so I basically started my journey from, you know, a small duplex in Baltimore, Maryland, and then kind of scaled up into bigger apartments. Um, so I'm sure we can talk about that a little bit, but that's essentially what we do. Um, the name of our business is called Dwelling. Um, so dwelling.com, D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com. That's the name of our company and that's kind of um, what we use in terms of um, you know, buying our properties and, and obviously marketing the business as well. Now, you got a story about flying across the ocean to go meet somebody to learn about this business. You, you got to open up the show with that story. No, I have to. I have to. Um, I mean, I think I'll go a little bit. There's a little bit of a backdrop. Um, it's really funny because actually before this call, I just got off the phone with that person. And that's, you know, my a very good friend of mine in London, in the, in the UK. And essentially, you know, I like to start, you know, the story this way. My wife um, is Filipino, um, but she's also half um, African-American. And our dad lives in Michigan and she's always wanted to come to the United States. So even though I met my, my wife in the UK, she always wanted to come to America. So she did. She came for uh, an internship in Orlando, Florida with um, Disney. And she was just like, hey, she called me up and said, hey, you should come to America as well. You're going to love it. I was like, okay. So I, I jumped on the plane, um, came to America, um, you know, and then obviously landed in Orlando, Florida. Beautiful. If you live in Florida and you, or Orlando and you don't know how beautiful it is, just go on a plane. Maybe not right now with everything going on. Um, but <laughs> I'm a window seat guy. So I was looking out the plane as I was landing in Florida and the suburbia um, you know, America, just kind of how the streets are well, like symmetrical and you see the landscaping and all the buildings just really in unison, just well structured. I, I was just marveled, um, you know, in the plane, like this place is beautiful, right? And I touched down in Orlando, Florida, got to Disney. Everybody was friendly. I was just like, this is paradise. Like, how come nobody told me? about the United States, you know? <laughs> so I like to say that story because obviously there's a lot of people living in America who don't necessarily see America that way, right? That's a different conversation. But that's what I saw. Um, and my wife was like, maybe we could move here. And I was like, damn me, I love this place, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, a few years later, we, we, you know, moved to America and, you know, we moved here, got my green card, got a job. My wife got a job. We had a luxury apartment that we were living in. You know, we, we had great jobs you know we could live the life the american dream um we were doing fine however there was just something missing inside of me i was like wait is this it i just wake up go to work come back 
you know, um, do the same, go to work, traffic, come back, do the same. I was like, there's gotta be something else to this. And kind of during that time when I was kind of looking for that thing, I wasn't quite sure what it was. Obviously it was entrepreneurship. Um, a friend of mine called me and said, Hey, Ola, um, you've helped me in my business. Can you, you know, meet me in Dubai and come and help me in my business? Well, I did what every smart man does, right? And I, I prayed about it. And then I asked my wife, like, hey, you know, my friend said I should meet him in Dubai. Uh, my wife was like, well, why don't you guys Zoom and Skype? I mean, that would have made sense, especially now <laughs> with the coronavirus. But then this was a few years ago. I was just like, no, what if I go to the, you know, this business trip and learn something that could actually help our family, um, which is exactly what happened, right? I went on that trip. I saw how well my friend was doing in his business, which was real estate investing in the UK. And I was like, oh my goodness, I could actually do this thing in, in America, right? So on my way back on the plane, I was like, I'm going to try to do this. Now, I didn't just tell you all that story because I wanted to be fluffy and long-winded. I wanted the listeners to know that, hey, it's okay to take risks on yourself, right? And when success comes to you, it would never come in a golden box with a red ribbon around it. It could come to you as a phone call, right? So pay attention. And if you're having that burning feeling inside of you, like there's got to be much more to it. Feed that, right? Don't just, um, you know, there's something, you know, I, I love listening to Les Brown and he says some of us are just living in quiet desperation waiting for this thing called life to be over. You don't have to live your life like that. You can feed that in a void. If there is one, feed that through entrepreneurship, trying different things, right? It's okay to fail. So for me, I was lucky. I, you know, go back to the US. I devolved, you know, into real estate, right? And I think four months or four to six months later, we bought our first duplex in a class A area in Baltimore. I like to say that because that makes a big, a big difference. And, you know, um, as I say, the rest was history. But before I finish this, this story, you know, my wife and I was, you know, at home on a, on a, a faithful night doing what lovers do, right? Um, cooking. <laughs> and, you know, we bought this duplex and we had tenants upstairs. We lived downstairs. We just me and my wife at the time. And I just told my wife, and this is a true story. Like, I wish I could share my accounts and stuff like that to tell you, like, I'm just, just an average Joe, right? You know, and I just told my wife, like, my account, my Bank of America account, I was selling on my half, just kept growing every month. And I was like, hold on a second. Like, a few months ago, this account was just money in, money out. Like, money in, money out. Like, it's so fast. Like, <laughs> I could never catch money. It's just like, you know, I was like, and now it's just kind of swelling, right? And I tell you again the story because when you start to take action in your life and things start to happen, if you don't step back and take stock, you might miss it, right? But I realized my account was swelling and I was like, wait, hold on a second. So I have more money because I bought this duplex. So if I buy 10 of this with what I have in my account right now, I might not need to work anymore. And that's exactly what we did. We went into, you know, bigger apartments. I got a mentor because that's a very, very important piece to all of this conversation. Got a mentor, somebody that has done it before, one of the best in the, in the industry. And then, you know, started making my way into larger multifamily assets. Wow. So, but what happened on that trip that made you make the shift? Because I don't think you actually pulled that out for us. You went and saw them and then what? Good, good point. So, yeah, I mean, I got to Dubai and then we spent, 
you know, kind of three days, two to three days in a hotel room. Like I wasn't like, you know, quad biking in, in the desert or anything like that. You didn't do by none of that. It was just, you know, just a vanilla straight standard hotel. We're just kind of brainstorming. And I just realized, you know, the power of real estate just breaking down his business. Right. And I also understood that real estate isn't a business where you, you, you always have to work in it. You, you can be able to work on the business, right? And that's a, a, a book called The E-Myth. If your, your listeners have I've never heard that book, you've got, you have to get that book, right? Michael Gilbert, E-Myth, it talks about working on your business and not in your business. So, you know, on my way back, I was like, well, if my, you know, my, my, my friend could do this, like I'm sure I can do this in America. You know, America has a bigger population, bigger geographical landmass. Um, and frankly, I had a, a, an int of naivety, right? I, I didn't think of, you know, the institutional racism that exists in America or you know, any of that stuff. I'm like, just, just this guy, I guess, like new guy just came to this country. All I saw was gold, right? And honey on the streets, not, you know, black men getting shot every day. I mean, let's just be honest, right? So I didn't see all that. I just saw, wow, I can make, I can, you know, do well in this country. I just jump right into it. And I think that's important to, to, you know, to mention as well. And as I got back, as I started to do more research, I started to realize, wow, this is definitely that, that thing I've been trying to do. And this is what I've been trying to look for. And I just really went for it. But I think just really understanding that there was room for success during my trip was really that extra push for me to go full on um, into real estate. And just to really jump on that real quickly as well. I meet a lot of people that come to me and say, oh, like, can you be my coach? Can you help me? I want to get into real estate. I want to do this. And I tell them, I'm like, guys, you have to be all in, right? You meet these people, they're like, I'm doing, you know, the Amazon reseller program. I'm looking at Bitcoin. No, not going to work. Not going to work, right? You never hear like Beyonce saying she wants to become a country you know, musician or Jay-Z wants to like, you know, I don't know, be like a motivational speaker. Like you got to focus on one thing and do that thing. Well, mastery and discipline. So you got to understand that. And that's what I do. That's what I'm doing now. Wow. Wow. There's so much there. So did you still have your job when you were doing all this or you walked out? I, I still have my job. I love to say that because I mean, I get a six, I have a six-figure job, so it's, it's not something you sneeze at, right? You can't just say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, there's a, I mean, I have guests on my podcast who say, bond the bolts, you know, all of that stuff, but I have a different philosophy, right? If, if, you, if you feel like you can still do both, but not like you're not getting crushed, but you can do both, um, I'm not the one to say, you know, just quit your job because having a job actually helps when you're investing in real estate, believe it or not. Sounds crazy, but it does. But it gets to a point of diminishing return um, where you don't have to. But I also love the fact that I can use that um, and say, yeah, I did, it, I did it while having a full-time job. I love that. It's, it's a nice punchline. Perfect. So as you're you know, burning the oil at both ends, right? Midnight oil at both ends. Uh, what point did you realize, hey, real estate is my way to go and I got to keep going? We call this the Redfield moment. Oh, really? Nice. I think for me, honestly, um, it, it's, that, it's that faithful you know, day that I mentioned, right? You know, 
I, I realized that, hey, this actually works, right? And, you know, when we got the first rent from my tenants upstairs, I was like, wait, people are actually paying me money. I don't have to put a gun to their head. Um, that's an horrible joke. Um, <laughs> but they actually paid me rent um, to live in my house. I was like, oh, my goodness. Wait, wait what? It was just an epiphany, right? A switch turned on. And I was like, hey, we can do this more. And I really want to talk about a mistake that I made, actually, before your next question. You know, we did well with the duplex. And then I went to flip a couple of, you know, a couple of properties. Total mistake. Would never do that again. Um, so in your journey, you're going to make mistakes. But it's always good for you to, to, to pivot and get back on track. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So, I mean, you keep coming back to one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. And so when you walked out the door and started the apartment stuff full time, uh, did you face any smaller challenges along the way? You know, um, there are always going to be challenges, right? There are always going to be challenges. So I, I think it's not, it's not worried being too focused on the challenges is how can you get out of it, right? So I'm reading a book right now <clears throat> for those who are on YouTube. It's called The Four Agreements. And, you know, I love, I love The Four Agreements. It's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome book. It's a quick read as well, as you can see, right? And it's really understanding that you're going to get challenges, um, but you have to be a principled person, right? You have to have discipline. So for me, whenever those challenges crop up, I just know that this is just an opportunity for me to learn, right? I don't, you know, my word is impeccable, right? I don't take things personal, right? I always do my best, right? So those are like principles that helps me every day. The things that I do in my, my life that helps me mitigate um, those challenges that prop up. Right. The, the, it's, it's a mix. I can I can go on and on on the different challenges that I face. But I think it's more important um, to learn how to mitigate those things. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a routine. Right. You know, one of one of the things I do is meditation. Right. Today I went for a three mile walk and run. I can't do the run. You know, that's too much. But I kind of run and then I walk. So, you know, those things help. Right. Because I'm in my 30s. So I'm not like a young 21 year old you know so you gotta keep your you gotta feed your body right this this is an embodiment of god right so you gotta feed your body so when you get all those when you get the bad news when you get the challenges you you recognize it it's crystal clear and you're able to navigate and move um you know swiftly so one thing is like you know raising capital right finding off-market deals finding the good um you know the best partners that, that would help you understanding debt right? You know, how, what was the best loan product for our deals? Those, those are like nuances, right? And really, I tell folks, that's knowledge, right? That's knowledge. If you're trying to play in the multifamily space, it's 90% or maybe 80%, I'll be generous, 80% gain, right? And 20% knowledge. Jeffrey, copy up. Let's get back to the show. I normally say nine to 10, I'll give your audience a little bit this time. It's 80, 20, right? So 80% is gain, 90% is all that knowledge, right? Then you, I mean, it's like one of, I've got a friend of mine that tells me, you know, it's a really stupid um, thing to say, but he says like, you know, professors in universities will teach you about business, right? Or how to be, you know, a successful entrepreneur, but they are not successful, right? Which is a stupid thing to say, right? 
But that's kind of what I'm saying about it's 80% game, 20% knowledge. You can learn about cap rates and IRRs and, and you know, NOI and GPI. I can bombard you with knowledge, right? But it's not about knowledge, it's about game. Especially people like us, that look like us. I'm telling you, anybody that's, that cares to listen, it's 80% game. Wow. It's an interesting perspective. Did you have any fear as you were working through this stuff, man? Man, that's a really good question. Um, do I, I, think, I think there are fears, but I, I think, I don't know if the word is fear. Um, well, yeah, let, let's go with fear, I think. I think I wouldn't say I have the, the fear of failure, which is the most fear that you know, everybody has. Um, but what I would say is, is this, if, um, if I don't hit my goal, um, you know, I lost my mom last year, 2019. So when that happens to you in your thirties, you, something changes in your brain. If I don't achieve my goals that I've set out as a human being, when I hit, you know, God willing, 80 years old, or when I hit 40 years old in a few years, I will be just fine. I will be just fine. I think, um, I think that's really important to tell yourself because some of us put so much pressure on ourselves because we're constantly saying, hey, I've got to get a thousand units before I'm blah, blah, blah age. And, da, da, da. And, if you don't, and if you don't get to that goal when you're 40, then you could start, could, could be depressed. Pay attention, right? You could be depressed. Or if you get that goal, you want more, right? So it's either or, right? Even if you hit your goal, you still want more. If you don't hit your goal, you feel depressed or you could feel depressed. So it's really understanding that wherever I find myself in five, 10 years time, I should be grateful. I should be grateful that I have a family that loves me. I have kids that are healthy. My wife is healthy. I have a roof above my head. It's really that you know, basic, you know, bottom of the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? You know, of do you have security, shelter, love, those things that make you human. Yeah, the self-actualizing elements are great, but if you don't have it, you should still be grateful <laughs> and live your life. And I think that's really, really important, especially in the world of like Instagram. Everybody wants to floss, right? Everybody wants to show up, like, look at me, I'm better than you because I have a nice car. But that doesn't mean anything, right? There's a man I listen to, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I think he mentioned something. It's like, what do you classify as winning? Because we're all going to die, right? So it's fascinating. And Gary mentions that a ton as well, right? So it's just really understanding that, like, what do I care about? What am I I after? And really making sure, in my opinion, that gratitude is kind of the, the central theme of your life. That's really key. Got it. Got it. Everything comes from gratitude. And so was there a point when you were going through your process where everything was on the line? Like, did you have a rock bottom moment? I did. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was going to say one. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, like I said, we're doing pretty well. We, we've got this, this duplex, so kind of going back. And then I, I kind of shifted from multi family to single family started flipping and when I was flipping I realized that oh my goodness like this is just not what I was expecting at all 
right? You know, I was, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. You probably can tell from my just talking to me for the past 20 minutes or so, yeah. Um, so I would go to my projects every day and I would want things to be done a certain way. And then my project timelines weren't being hit and then it was affecting my budget. And I was having issues with my contractors, like we all do, contractors, con the first three let whatever you got to just so i was having all that issues and i was like i don't want to do this this is not what i wanted this is not how i see real estate right so you know i i did that flipped a few properties and i was like no way would i ever do this because if i did i'll probably have a heart attack when i'm 40 or in my 40s i could see that right and that's just my temperament you gotta know thyself other guys, I, you know, I interviewed, you know, hundreds of people on my podcast. They crush it, flipping. They love it. They love it. But you got to know yourself. What do you like, right? What is your temperament? People say, I want to get started in real estate. I'm going to start flipping. And I just, I chuckle. Well, not me, because I'm a nice guy. My brain chuckles, right? Like, <laughs> um, you know, like you got to know what you like. And it's okay to experiment. But when you know you don't like something, you know, pull yourself out of it and pivot to what you're comfortable with. Um, and, and that's kind of like, for me, was doing my project, you know, uh, you know, I did a 23,000 square foot property in Baltimore. I, we, you know, we were shut down for a whole month. The, you know, the neighbor that I had was just racist. And I was like, why don't you like me? Oh, well, okay, I get it now. And he would call the cops on me. And that, that's the, like, true story. Like, you know, there was one day I got to the property, um, you know, we had, like, you know, police you know, came and said, why are you on this property? Like, well, because I own this property. And, you know, obviously I, I was lucky I didn't get shot and the police was very nice and they left. But, you know, so those were times I was like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, this is, this is interesting. So, you know, the mayor was called on us. All true story. Um, but like I said in the beginning, if you remember, it's really understanding how you mitigate this risk. Um, and how you mitigate these challenges by, you know, who you are, your values of, of integrity, of gratitude, you know, having a good morning of meditation and writing your goals down. So when the police comes at 12 o'clock p.m., you are ready, right? You're, you're, not, you're not arguing with the police like, hey, why are you on my property? And he shoots you. You're like, oh, welcome, sir. This is my house. You know, you're in the right place. This is, this is all... 80% gain, right? This is all linked, right? And that's what success looks like. It's really understanding the dynamistic, um, you know, feel of businesses and not just understanding the book theory, but understanding the straight side of it as well. Because you're going to need that. <laughs> mindset, baby, mindset. Showing up and responding instead of reacting to the situations of the world. I think that's brilliant. I think every time when we're down in that bottom, something, something shows up. And they present it as an opportunity, but it's really just a trick to pull us back into the old world. Did that happen to you? Oh, man. I think, yeah, I think a few times. I think a few times, um, you know, I've got a few stories and I just think, you know, when, when those things happen, what I try to do is if I, you know, if I can journal that, I, I have a journal and just kind of say, hey, this happened on this day and and I write that down and you know, this is how I reacted. And if this happens again, this is what I would do. And I think that just kind of helps me to get a, a repository of, of kind of my life in a way. Um, and, and that's kind of how I, you know, I kind of look at things like I don't want to make the same mistake twice. But if I did, it's OK. I don't want to make it a third time. So I don't judge myself. 
Um, so yeah, in business, um, if you've been around long enough, um, we always have that. We're working on a, a $9 million deal right now. And, you know, that was one of them, right? You know, we, when you start talking about what to pay people, or you start talking about money, um, people switch on you, um, <laughs> like in an instant. Um, so you just have to, you know, have the, the, the you know, the, the impeccability of words, right? You have to be able to communicate clearly. You have to be able to control the situation using your words, right? So these are like things that nobody talks about, like I, I don't think in, in business school or even in, in courses, right? People talk about, oh yeah, we're going to teach you how to underwrite a deal, but you're gonna write, you can underwrite deals to your highs fall off. Like that's not, that's one piece of it, right? What about the chess piece? What about when a seller isn't looking to play ball? How do you manage that process so you can get to success? I like it. I think, you know, when people come to me and they're like, hey, I just need to know how to underwrite a deal and then I'm going to be on my way. Like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good, though, that, you know, they're, I don't know that they're overconfident, but, you know, they, they feel like they have that young vigor. And it's interesting, you characterize yourself as maybe being a little naive in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you've seen the seasons a few times, you're like, oh, yeah, we know what's about to happen before it happens. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I could have helped you, but, you know, you didn't want that support. So we just let you go do what you're doing. Um, now that you kind of outgrown your old life a lot, what's the biggest difference in your approach? Man, you ask the best questions. Um, I think the difference for me is, is really understanding that it's not about me. And that, that is so hard, um, you know, to, to even wrap your head around, right? And that's why I refer to my brain. I say me and not my brain. I said that a couple of times. And really understanding that, like, hey, it's not about me trying to um, do this because I, I want to have a bunch of money or whatever it's um i'm doing this for a for a, a greater good right for great grandkids that maybe i i can't even imagine what they'll look like and, and for people after me and people that come in contact with me right i i want you to touch me and feel love and feel calm and feel joy and feel exposed right so i think for me it's how can I be a better version of myself every day? And how can I achieve that by helping the world, helping my world, people around in my circle, and really passing um, you know, this, um, this key piece of information, which is essentially real estate is wealth, right? That's one thing we're missing in our community. A lot of people don't get that. So I'm really understanding that real estate can change um, you know, families from generation to generation, right? So when we, you know, we go to like conferences or you listen to podcasts or whatever, and, you know, guys like me, you say like wealth, where I can't speak for everybody else, I can speak for myself. When I say wealth, so if you're listening to this and you're 22 and you've watched way too many Grant Cardone videos on Instagram, wealth is not the Bentley. What? Yes, wealth is not the Ferrari and the blonde girl with the blue eyes, no next to you in the Ferrari. That's not wealth. That's just a midlife crisis, okay? <laughs> wealth is not a safe full of 
cash, like the ones, um, what's the name of that boxer guy? He always holds cash and big chains and stuff like that. Floyd Mayweather. No, Floyd, love you. You're a great boxer. That's not wealth. That's just cash. Okay, that's just cash. Which Mike Tyson, you can have today and not have tomorrow, right? So that's not wealth. I'm just, I'm trying to tell you what wealth is not, and I'll tell you what it is, right? So as you're going through your journey, yes, you want to floss, yeah, you want to get chicks, you want to get gold chain, yes, but that's not wealth, just so you know. Wealth is something that you can pass on from generation to generation and leave a long-lasting legacy. Look at Walmart, that's wealth. If you want to understand what wealth looks like in real life, the next time you go to Walmart, Stop and look around. That's wealth, okay? So for us, though, in real estate, wealth is buying real, no pun intended, estates that you can pass on, that is after you, not just for you. So that's why I've made it kind of, you know, my own passion to tell people that look like us, like, hey, that's what wealth is. So even if you buy a tiny little house in Pennsylvania, doesn't matter, what's already 1000 you pay that thing off over 30 years, when we pass on, we all die, by the way. Yeah. You give that to your kids. That's wealth. That's wealth. I was watching the news the other day and it said, you know, the coronavirus is affecting African-Americans. And I was like, oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, we get affected the most because we get affected the most regardless. So I think we should start having those kind of conversations and not to be afraid of it. Right, and just say that's wealth. So if you're out there, you're thinking of how can I build wealth, not just for me, for your family, is to buy real estate and old real estate. Awesome, awesome. So we're getting into the final phase of the conversation. Uh, the first question I want to ask is, what's the dream you're most focused on catching next? Oh, man. These are questions you can't even plan for. You should have sent me a whole script. <laughs> what is the dream I'm looking to catch next? Um, I think for me is really trying to figure out um, how I can be in a room full of people having this conversation I'm having with you, right? We're doing that right now, right? Because hopefully this is going to be heard by hundreds of people, or I don't know, maybe thousands of people, but really, you know, really passing this information to others and saying, you can do this and it doesn't require, you know, all of this mental blocks that we have in our head. So that's for me, it's the next dream I'm trying to catch. And I'm well aware that it takes an infrastructure to do that, right? You know, to be on stage and talk to people and really, inspire a generation and really change their thinking of, you know, don't be so caught on, on, you know, showing yourself as what you're not on social media. Don't be so concerned on consuming, you know, data and, and content that might not be so good for your mind. You know, don't be so overwhelmed, you know, with emotions and really try to find a way to think straight. Right. Um, so for me, that's what, that's the, the dream I'm trying to catch next. And it means, it means so, so much um, for me. Hopefully I can catch it. I'll let you know. Uh, there's no hope in it. You're an achiever. It's going to happen, my brother. Uh, what gift are you giving the world? Oh, man. That is, that is so good. Um, 
I think right now the, 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 the main thing is really just, um, you know, helping. So you mentioned at the beginning of your call. So I'm so glad because <laughs> this was not planned. I think you, you invited me a few months or weeks ago, I can't remember. And then now you're telling me you met a lady that said, hey, I'm moving to Houston because I, I want to go, you know, work with Ola. I want Ola to mentor me. And that's almost as random as it gets. You're in North Carolina. I was in Baltimore. Um, now I'm in Houston and you met some, you know, Michaela, obviously, I know her very well, you know. So it's just really helping people, right? Really helping folks, making sure that um, it's not about me, me, me. Um, it's about how can I give back the little that I have, how can I help others? Um, but from a, a more kind of concrete perspective, what we're trying to do here at Dwelling is something called the One House Pledge and the Third K Pledge. Obviously, right now, everything is just shut down because of, you know, coronavirus or whatever. But the one-off pledge is we're trying to figure out um, a way to donate a house to a family in need in where, you know, in, in parts of the country that we do business. So, obviously, right now, we're in Houston. How can we give a house mortgage-free to a family? Yet, it's not going to be a one-million-dollar mansion, obviously. It's going to be a reasonable priced house that we can build and just donate that to a family, right? And then the next thing we're trying to work on is something called the Vercay Pledge, where we fly, you know, either somewhere in the United States and we help local people there. It could be maybe helping, um, giving out food or whatever in a food bank, you know, kind of coalesce with a food bank or whatever, or traveling somewhere outside of the country and, and just really helping um, share you know, kind of the message of love and, and peace and just through food and, you know, maybe helping kids over there learning how to code. I mean, this is all kind of, you know, mission match in my head and we're talking about it in our company. So that's kind of how we're looking to give. Awesome. And so the final question is, what's one thing you want people to take away from this conversation? That's such a good question. Oh my goodness. You had, honestly, this is, <laughs> what is the one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? I think it's um, just understanding that there's so much more than the eyes can see. Um, as we record this, it's a lot about 5G, coronavirus, conspiracy theories, and stuff like that. Um, so just understand that whatever it is, even if you're not a real estate person, you like stocks or you like bonds or you, whatever you like doing, doesn't matter. Just understand that whatever it is you're doing, there's more to, you know, to, to, to what the eyes can see. You know, a, a friend of mine would say there's a, there's a spiritual aspect to everything. I'm not getting, I'm not going church on you, but it's just, just understand that there's so much more to see. Remember what I said, 80% game, 20% knowledge and the game is the most important part. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I, I did African ancestry and we traced my heritage and it, it went to Nigeria to the Yoruba tribe. Oh, wow. You're a brother. <laughs> we should give you a Yoruba name then. <laughs> we need to give you a Yoruba name. <laughs> cool, man. But again, I appreciate you making time and I know you're super busy and engaged man so thank you for sharing with the listeners and i uh, look forward to meeting you soon thank you so much we hope, hopefully we're gonna plan something in north carolina i appreciate you thank you for everything you're doing as well during catches thanks man thank you for joining the tribe today we would love to hear from you please don't forget to rate like and share perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed 
Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.